You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright guys, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen James. And this is milo and it's a new episode of the slc punks podcast with our first ever sponsor milo we it happened out. we have a sponsor they they like the show and and we're here to share it with you their name is sports betting dime uh guys i'm gonna leave the link in the podcast in in the description i'm gonna leave it in the the slc dunk website but what sports betting dime is is a gambling website that gives you a lot of information about different teams and different uh, just elements about the Utah Jazz and other basketball teams. If you go to the Sports Betting Dime Utah Jazz page, you're going to see some fun stuff. Uh, some things like that will teach you about how the Jazz have done in terms of of gambling. Like if you bet on the Jazz this year, uh, it's looking very uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> this season, uh, according to Sports Betting Dime, which is really actually really interesting, if you if you bet fifty dollars per week on the Utah Jazz and you bet uh, for Utah against the spread, you would be down one hundred and seventy three dollars this year. <laughs> so, so I thought um, that was interesting. Uh, hey, but the schedule, pretty fun. The schedule, but but if if you lose money, you just, you're not allowed to blame the Jazz. You can only blame the schedule. Exactly. But that also tells you that if you bo- if you bet against the Jazz, you guys would be up uh, $25 if you bet $50 every week against the Utah Jazz against the spread. Uh, this this uh, next opponent, the Golden State Warriors, uh, Golden State's favored by three points. So, guys, if you want to make some money, you might want to bet against the Utah Jazz, of course, <laughs> <laughs> it's really great but also go check it out they've got uh rankings they've got historical info uh actually some really fun stuff they show all of our season rankings and things like that so go to sports betting dime dime.com slash nba slash teams slash utah dash jazz or click on the link in the slc dunk website all right milo it's time to start talking about the utah jazz a little bit let's talk uh, things haven't gone very well for the Utah Jazz this whole season. It's uh, been rough. This it's been rough. Week. Like the best thing that happened to Utah was a bad rumor about Jabari Parker. That's been about the best thing this year. Really. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a good thing. If you're being in, if you're in rumors. I think that's just like it doesn't count as a loss in the, in the, in the win-loss column. That's about it. <laughs> at, <laughs> least, at least, you know, the Utah Jazz, you know, we went to the dance. We got stood up. But at least we, you know, 
at least we're not the guy that like got uh, the punch poured all over his head, which is the Chicago Bulls. And then the Chicago Bulls tried to come give us a hug, and we said, "No, thank you." <laughs> no, we. Could. That's, an al- that's an analogy that doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you tried. When you look at this season, I. Uh, I said this, man, it would have been a month and a half ago I wrote this, and I said the, the Jazz are an average basketball team. They're, they're, not, they're not good. They're not bad. They're average this year. And um, you, can, you can definitely point to the schedule and say, hey, this schedule has been really, disapp- been really difficult and has led to a lot of disappointing losses. But at the same time, I think if you're a team that's supposed to be the second best team in the league, um, you're supposed to win, even when the schedule is difficult. Boston Celtics mm-hmm. have the second hardest uh, uh, schedule for the the year, and you can say, "Well, it's not as hard as Utah Jazz." Well, they're in the East; they don't travel as much, but theirs has been pretty difficult too. And uh, uh, they're on a uh, what's that called? A winning streak? I I I, don't, I can't remember. I, I haven't seen what one are, in a while. What, winning? what is that? And I don't. And um, and they have a much better team. And so I think what we're what we're finding out is uh, it's not that the last year's Utah Jazz squad was a bunch of frauds. It, it's it's not like they lied to us about wins. But I think what's happened is. Every year, and I kind of started to make this case on on Twitter, and then I was like, okay, this is going into a rabbit hole, and I just don't want to deal with the mentions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I I think there's been a lot of changes um, in during during this year, it, this year especially that um, made it so that if you stagnated as a team, meaning you kept and and stag stagnating is not necessarily a bad thing. Because that's continua that's uh continuation. Uh this continuity that we've been uh been praising. That's called stagnation. You, if you stay the same, you stagnated. Um mm-hmm. well, that's sometimes what that's a really good thing. If it's going well, it's if it's going well, it's continuity. If it's not, it's stagnation. Definitely seeing stagnation. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean it, it's just how you want to market it. You're like, oh, this mm-hmm. is we're stagnating. If you're it's going well, it's like Continuity. We bet on a sure thing. It's the same thing. You just kept things same, and I think there's been a few things. Um, I think the the league has been going to this four to five out style um, pretty rapidly. Now, I shouldn't say rapidly, but I mean slowly progressing more into it. Ever since the Warriors started having their claim to fame and just rolling through teams, and uh, uh, it, imitation is the best is the finest form of flattery and so you have teams more and more teams every single year just following that model i think this year people went all in on that on that model um there's there there but even last year utah could would face about 10 to 12 teams that would still had traditional big uh big men up front um, you had mm-hmm. Toronto, for example, and with the Bach and Valanciunas. You, you know, you had Detroit. You had uh, San Antonio for the most part that was still um, rocking that with Marcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol. You had um, it, it. You had you had Memphis that was was doing it. Um, you there were there were quite a few teams last year, and even even the Portland Trailblazers to a degree um, were still doing it this year. It's that's no not the case at all. I think you can only list 
Like the Grizzlies aren't grit and grind. They have a stretch four. Um, the Toronto moved Ibaka to the five. Uh, Detroit's still running that way, and Detroit's kind of in the same boat that Utah is. You're not really a good team. You're not really a bad team. And um, and so that favors Gobert pairing really is rough. I think the other thing too is teams this year are shooting an insane amount of threes. Like mm-hmm. it went from like everyone's shooting threes to everyone's like, this is all we do is shoot threes. And then you add in the defensive changes and then you add in uh, some unfortunate regression. Um, Rubio is not as um, money as he was at the second half of the season. Donovan Mitchell is going through a sophomore slump and his sophomore slump isn't bad. Like when you were like, man, Donovan Mitchell is struggling. It's like, yeah, he's still gets to the line. He's, he's shooting about the same numbers, but he's not taking a step forward. And that's kind of hard when Joe Ingles is taking a step back. When yeah, uh, it's been when bad. spacing isn't really there. Jay Crowder's kind of taken, uh, not taking a step back, but he's not taking a step forward. He's kind of the same. Uh, Dante Exum hasn't taken the the next step that we thought he would. Um, Alec Burks, um, who I thought could be a sixth man of the year candidate if things went well for Utah, is now in in Cleveland. And so you have to you have to look at this and say, okay, uh, we thought this, and it's, it's adjusting expectations now. I think we're getting to the point now with Jazz fans. Now we're not so much as disappointed. It's now we're asking the question: Should we? Should we expect this to be who we are? Is this who the Jazz are? Are they a not bad team, but not a good team? Are they going to surprise on some nights and just completely get run out of the gym on another because they're just a wildly inconsistent team? Um, I think the schedule fixes some of that. But honestly, if Utah still keeps bringing the same level intensity, uh, to every single game, I think we're going to be looking at a 40 and 42 or a 41 and 41 team rather than a 47 and 38 team by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's definitely, I mean, we, it's, I'm honestly surprised with this season after they went to the second round of the playoffs last year and it was playing this lineup and they beat, they didn't just beat, Oklahoma City, they dominated them. They should have won that series 4-1 if Rudy Gobert doesn't get these phantom fouls, kind of like he did uh, when he got ejected early that one game against Houston. Uh, If that doesn't happen, the Jazz would have beat Oklahoma City that game because if you remember, they had like a 20-point lead. Uh, Yeah. And then now in this season, they, they can't score. And that starting lineup is putrid. And it is hard to watch. And... You know, and it's not Favors' saying- fault. It's not the, the thing that I, I I hate is when you when you uh, say anything criti- criti- you, know, you criticize that they're like it's because you don't like Favors. And it's like Favors is having a really good year. The problem is it, it's not making everybody else is it it's not making everyone else better necessarily. Well, you're setting and, him up to fail. You're not putting him in a position to be successful. Yeah. And and I know we want like it would be really nice if favors could start and it could all work and we could all we could benefit from from Derek Favors' strength, which is uh he's a high level uh rebounder and he's a, a nice defender. I don't think he's an elite defender, but he's a nice one. Uh he's a great pick and roll big man. Uh he does a lot of things that really nice centers do, but that's the thing we found out this season. 
that you can't get away with playing a kind of stretchy center next to Gobert. Uh, you have to have a center with four players on the perimeter. And uh, the Jazz are just finding that out very hard. It's just, they're hitting a wall right now. And a lot of it is just because they've become, there's like a blueprint for guarding the Utah Jazz right now that's very clear mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you you stay off. Derek Favors, if he's out on the perimeter, you stay off Ricky Rubio and you just force, you take away Donovan Mitchell's strengths by packing the paint. So if Donovan Mitchell can't get to the rim and do what he was doing last year, uh, because last year what he was doing, he wasn't shooting a super high percentage from three. It was actually better than people realize. I think it was 34%, but uh, his biggest strength was that by the end of the season, he was like one of the best rim finishers in in the NBA. But when you have Derek Favors on the floor through, like you said, through no fault of his own, teams are just packing the paint and they'll say, you know what? We'll take our chances with Derek Favors spreading the floor and Ricky Rubio t- uh, shooting threes because that means we don't have Donovan Mitchell going to the rim and going off for 40 points in a game at a high, at a high right. efficient level. And that's what they're doing every single game. And that's why we've been talking about this for months and certain local writers for certain newspapers and online uh, media websites keep telling you things like, well, you know, certain matchups on certain nights kind of favor certain lineups. You know what favors the Utah Jazz is having spacing, you know, because if at the they very really least, do need well, yeah, who knew that spacing would matter? And this season, spacing matters more than ever, obviously. Like, like you've said, like everyone in the league is saying, you know what? You know what's nice to do? Get baskets easier. You know, if we make things easier on us to get to the rim and score, and then the league on top of that has has done the freedom of movement thing. It's just been a perfect storm that's gone against the Jazz. The Jazz, uh, from the get-go this season, have, have found themselves uh, kind of left behind. Uh, Jay Crowder is not the perfect option for it either. So when we talk about Jay Crowder and say, you know what, Jay Crowder should be starting, it's not that we believe that, uh, you know, comparing stat to stat and all the different things between Jay Crowder and Derek Favors that we believe Jay Crowder is a better player than, De- player than Derek Favors because he's not Derek Favors is going to impact the game more. Uh, it's just that Jay Crowder fits. But is, how is he going to be able to g- impact the game? And that's, that's where it lies. Like you he just have, fits uh, when the, you have, fi- Oh, I was just going to say, it's yeah. like square peg and round hole. Jay Crowder is a round peg that fits into a round hole. And we keep trying to ram this square peg in a round hole with Derek Favors, and it doesn't work. Doesn't mean Derek Favors isn't I, good. It's just no. Derek Favors is much better player, and I think, uh, I mean, the best players that Utah has right now are starting, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, the best balance is not those five players, and that's what's really killing Utah right now is is the balance of that lineup. And, um, for, for example, it, it kind of reminds me today, um, P3, they, they put out this, uh, this, uh, thread when they were talking about, um, how, it's not fair to, um, describe players as, um, you know, a big or a guard or a wing, like there's, there's much better, better descriptions and mm-hmm. they have, they have, um, they, their ways are traditional bigs, bigs plus, uh, ki- uh, kinematic movers, 
force movers, uh, specimens, and hyper-athletic guards. And so, for example, like a traditional big is like uh, uh, Nikola Jokic, who is size is a dominant characteristic, lack of explosiveness in both the vertical and lateral planes, most effective athletes in this cluster combine elite size with another elite skill. And they, and they and Nikola Jokic is is uh, one of those, like a traditional big or a Marcus But then you have big plus, and those are they sh- share similarly elite characteristics with traditional bigs. But they pair this with impressive movement quality relative to traditional bigs. These athletes are more effective moving laterally, and this is like an Andre Drummond. Well, you might also think this is a Derek Favors and a Rudy Gobert. Now that now you have two big plus, and so now now when you you because they don't have say um a four uh, say somebody else um to really help them uh, get that spacing like a traditional big like Marcus All who can spread the floor because he has that dominant he has that dominant size but then he has another elite characteristic like that like a, a Jokic can do it through his passing. And through his shooting, Marcus All can do it also through his passing and shooting. A Kevin Love, passing and shooting. He's a traditional big. Um, doesn't really have a lot of at, um, lateral movement. Mm-hmm. Um, it, jazz. And so what happens is now they're doubled up on one type of player on the floor, and that allows that uh, now all of a sudden the blueprint for guarding the Utah Jazz is is much simpler. Now two fists. Forty percent of the of of that lineup can be can be guarded with one <laughs> with with uh with one reaction, mm-hmm. and because of that one reaction, the Jazz are also in a, in a in trouble because they have a traditional point guard in Ricky Rubio, mm-hmm. not someone who's a shooter, but someone who's a distributor, mm-hmm. and so now all of a sudden you. You're, you're you're struggling. You're you're struggling with that that, and it's not saying that they're not good players. They're really good players. But right now, because of what Utah had to do to play Moneyball last year to get things to work, they didn't really build a lineup that was balanced. And they got and and with their Moneyball things, they got lucky last year. And that's not saying that they didn't put in work to, as well. But the the right thing is coalesced with the league hadn't fully moved over to the four or five out system. Not as many teams were shooting as many threes. Uh, they could they could punish teams um, uh, down low with Derek Favors. Mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio was shooting a higher than normal clip. Donovan Mitchell was on a tear for the last part of the season. So was Joe Ingles. And so all of a sudden, all those things coalesced, and now you're you're rolling. But those things haven't coalesced. Ricky Rubio isn't shooting at an above level. Donovan Mitchell is not shooting at an above level. Joe Ingles is not doing so. And you have Derek, and then because of the lack of floor spacing, and Derek Favors is 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 a presence naturally shrinks shrinks the the movement in the paint. And now you have even less now with with Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles struggling. It's just not a it's not a good starting lineup right now. Mm-hmm. And with Jay Crowder out there, he's not a better player than Derek Favors, but he can he he's a threat off the dribble. That's something that Derek Favors does not do. Mm-hmm. And, and so at, at at some point it's just uh, he, ah. and he 
is a like a respectable shooter. He's not a great shooter or even me maybe even a good shooter, but he's at least someone that you have to at least not just leave wide open or he will hit shots. Uh, I think he's what 33% for the season more or less. Uh but mm-hmm. but even even with Jay Crowder in the starting lineup, which honestly like you know, simple statistics the Jazz now after their loss against Houston uh, four and two with Jay Crowder starting, ten and fifteen with Derek Favors starting. Uh, but even in that lineup with Jay Crowder, that does do so much better. There's still some problems with the Jazz that are going to be very hard to to fix. Like if we're looking at the Jazz, and maybe that's what we just can talk about a little bit is just how do we fix this team? Uh, Jay Crowder is step one, but there's still other kinks in the hose. Uh, the other day we were talking in SLC Don't Chat. Um, I was looking up some statistics and just turnovers, and and um, I was looking at Ricky Rubio, and Ricky Rubio is like top fifteen in turnover percentage this year, uh, with players that you know play a a lot of minutes on the floor. Uh, what's kind of troubling about that a little bit is that he's up there with players like Kevin Durant and James Harden and uh, LeBron James and all these high-level players that have the ball in their hands a lot. And because they have a ball, the ball in their and hands a lot, they turn it over. Because if you take you know 30 possessions or whatever it is, chances are you're going to turn the ball over here and there. Um, the The difference is, is that Ricky Rubio doesn't shoot at a high percentage like, like James Harden or get to the free throw line like James Harden. Um, he's not a high... And doesn't have as high of a use. Right. Exactly. And he doesn't have like the high level um, scoring and shooting ability that Kevin Durant does, you know, so he doesn't really bring any of those things. And what that tells you is not necessarily like the Jazz are game planning to give Ricky Rubio those things. It's that the opposing teams are game planning that they're just saying, you know what, if Ricky Rubio beats us, then so be it. Uh, and the thing that's even more troubling this year, and I actually don't really have an answer. I don't know why, but the Utah Jazz still don't have an elite defense and haven't had one all year long. And so I, I don't know what the Jazz need to do to fix things, but they've struggled with the freedom of movement to defend. Uh, Ricky Rubio and that starting lineup that was so good at defending last season is just not doing it. I think they have moved up to around eighth in the league and maybe i'll look that up right now but uh it's a problem and they they don't have a lot of answers right now so right now the jazz they are not able to score in an in a easy way if you go to sports betting dime you can look at our standings we're the 26th ranked team in terms of turnovers we are 24th in offensive rebounds. We're 25th in three-point percentage. We are 24th in points per game. So we're not a good offensive team at all. And then defensively, we're just not. We're just not very good. <laughs> it's just not. No. Like there's just not a lot to say. I don't know. Uh, right. And 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 you were right. They they're eighth in defensive rating, and eighth, yeah. th- that's gotten better. But that's the it, but when your de- offensive rating is ranked 25th in the league. Yep. Let's see, 23rd um, as of right now. But 23rd and with a 23rd ranked offense and then the 8th ranked defense, you're just that's just kind of an average team. That's just... You're the... I mean, last year, last year I made the prediction 
um, before the season started that I thought they were going to be like that Charlotte Bobcats team that made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They would be built on the back of a really good, like an, an insanely good defense, but their offense would be just terrible. Mm -hmm. And their, their offense actually got quite good um, by the end of the season. Uh, but this year feels like that prediction is more or less true where you have, but it's not, but it's not even true because the defense isn't elite. Mm -hmm. At least with Utah, um, when, when Rudy Gobert played, even when they were struggling in November, when Rudy Gobert was able to play, their defensive rating was amazing. Their defense was fantastic. And then their defensive rating tanked when he was, when he was out. Mm -hmm. And I think this leads us into our next spot where we're talking about, okay, we're, we're looking at the, the schedule ahead. How do you fix this? What do you do? What, what do you go into? And I know we talked extensively about Kevin Love, and we're not going to like go deep into that again. I mean, I think everyone out there knows my feelings and your feelings on, I mean, on, on that trade target. Yeah, I, unless, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind a 40% three-point shooter from the wing at the four spot, but yeah. who am I? But uh, but I, I think looking forward, um, when you look at this team, it, it, it's it, things are things have the potential to get a lot worse before they get better. And um, it, if Utah continues to play at the level that they've been playing at, there's a very good chance they're going to be nine games under 500 at the same exact point as they were last year, mm -hmm. and there'll be nine games under 500 when January 14th rolls around. Um, which is a day before they're able to move favors and move Exum, and and I know uh, Derek Favors. Uh, he he recently said to the media, he's like, I'm getting really tired of you know hearing my name and trade rumors, and it's just like, well, when you basically sign the the NBA contract equivalent to a gift certificate at to the trade deadline, um, you you can't be surprised. Mm -hmm. And 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 every and everyone's and and I don't understand people who are mad when you do bring up favors in trade rumors because that's what everyone talked about when he was signed. Everyone talked about the deal and like this seems like one of those deals that you know you 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 trade. It it allows you to match salaries. It's very team friendly. It's it 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 works out and it made sense because Utah couldn't really go out above the cap and go for top talent because they were kind of cash strapped. And so this made sense to push themselves far above the cap and be able to get a good player. If, if even if it's Kevin Love or Otto Porter or Bradley Beal or Kemba Walker or put it, whatever. But I, I think even before you even mention a trade, the Jazz have to pull themselves up by the bootstraps now and get their ish together. And when people say, well, you know what, it's going to get better once the schedule gets easier. Want to know when Utah finally put on their big boy pants last year? It was in a stretch against Detroit, Toronto, and the Warriors. Those three in a row. Pistons, Raptors on the road, and then the Warriors at home. And then they went back on the road and beat the Suns, Spurs, Pelicans, Grizzlies. Came back at home, beat the Hornets, went on the road, beat the Blazers, and then came home and beat the Spurs and the Suns. Mm -hmm. That was their streak. It's a big time streak. It wasn't like they just there. It wasn't an easy. It wasn't it was. easy, and this is not an easy schedule upcoming for the Jazz. It does not get easier. I don't care what anyone tells you. 
uh, it's not getting easier in January, guys. Like, January 1, I mean, we can just read January. January 1, like you said, I, I mean, maybe it starts like last year and we can have a really poetic story, but January 1, Toronto Raptors. We do get two easy games in a row, relatively easy. Cleveland should be easy, but they did beat uh, Indiana tonight, who we can't seem to beat by less than 30 points. And, and then and they'll have two ex-gas players who will yeah, want to show out really, really bad. Beats us, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm dead inside. Yeah, it could be. We played Detroit, who yeah. actually is playing around 500 basketball. Uh, the Bucks, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, like number two, three. Let's see. The Bucks are the number three offense in the league. Good luck. Uh, then we play uh, Orlando, who we could not be in, in Mexico. The Lakers, who are five or six games above 500. Then we play the Bulls. Hopefully we can beat the Bulls. But that's January 12th. And then we play the Pistons again, a, an, a 500 team trying to make the playoffs. And at that point, if the at that point, um, it's January 14th. Derek Favors can be traded on the 15th. It'll be interesting as could be to see what Dennis Lindsay does. Maybe he does make a trade. Maybe the Jazz, uh, maybe the Jazz are you know, going on a run like they did last year and and we're excited about where they're going and and maybe they make a trade for a player that could help right now, like Kevin Love, or maybe they find a way to get Otto Porter, which I don't believe they can do. But uh, who knows? But it doesn't get easy at all. It really doesn't. Uh, then it's just Detroit Clippers. And a trade doesn't, I don't think, fixes these people. Uh, like, I don't think a trade fixes anything because... The if you look at last year, their streak started before they traded Rodney Hood for Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they got Jay Crowder and they're like, we're going on a run. And and likewise this year, they got Kyle Corver. Like a trade messes things up chemistry wise. It messes things up of, of your rotation. It messes things up of people knowing where they're gonna mm-hmm. be. It causes more disruption than it's worth. And it, you could you could very easily ask, okay, did the did trading Rodney Hood like did that did I ruin a little bit our, of our our chemistry that threw off things for you know after the all star bake for a few games as they were trying to get their bearings straight again because they ended up going after the all star break they went two and two before they uh you know kicked things off on another win streak so i i I think even if even if you get kevin love it's or or auto porter bradley beal it it's not going to magically fix your team because right now there's a lot of thing there's there's discipline things on the defensive end where where um they're giving up like one one example that I can think of um the game wasn't completely out of hand but it was one of those like dude what are you doing man uh it was Rudy Gobert he got frustrated be, uh no was it Rudy Gobert what was this? Yeah he was he, he was he was Rudy Gobert he didn't get frustrated he got frustrated with the call and instead of getting back on defense, he decided that that was the time he was going to piss and moan about a call. And meanwhile, you have uh, you, you have your team in a four-on-five situation, and your opponent scores because you because you you decided like that was the moment that you needed to take your frustrations out. Um, there was Ricky Rubio um, expecting to get to buy a call for some reason, like he's going to get the benefit of the whistle. 
It's just not playing smart basketball. There's certain things where, yeah, you can say like, yeah, the Jazz don't pr- probably don't get a fair whistle right now. But at the same time, if you're the Utah Jazz, you got to know you're not getting a fair whistle. So why in the why in the world why 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 in the world are you acting like you're surprised when you don't get the call? Mm-hmm. You just have to stop expecting it. And this entitlement that you believe that you should get it, do, does everyone believe you should get it? Yes, but you got to stop acting like you're shocked when you don't. Because as long as it says Utah across your te- chest or jazz, you're not going to get that call a lot of the time. That's just kind of how it always has been for Utah. So you got to deal with mm-hmm. it. And, it's, and, and, and so there's, there's things – is the schedule terrible? Yes, the schedule is brutal. But at the same time, you have Utah, that, their roster that feels like they're hanging their head every single time something doesn't go their way right now. When at the end of the day, and, and, and you can go back to when the Jazz turned around, they had the loss against the Hawks. And guess what? At that point, the schedule was easing up, and the only, only team that they could blame was themselves. They had run out of excuses. Team was healthy. Schedule was easing up. Everybody was there, and they couldn't blame anyone anymore. And it's just really frustrating that you have to look at this team and say, man, do they really have to dig themselves that far of a hole to finally be like, yeah, this is when I really want to play basketball? Mm-hmm. Like, is that, is that the moment? Like it, and, and, and so I think jazz fans are at a crossroads of being like, should I be mad that this team isn't, isn't playing to their potential or should I, or should I start to change my expectations of what I saw last year? And did they exceed their potential? And now this is what reality looks like. Like that's, that's what jazz fans are, are, are looking at and trying to, to feel there's some people out there um like uh, so some of the folks at salt city hoops some of the folks at salt lake uh, uh sl uh, the tribune um who feel that the team is b- playing below expect is is not playing below expectations but is fair and then they'll kick back up that's a very very possible thing but at the same time you look at a western conference that is so damn deep and you're st- and you're saying even if we go on a monumental run like last year, say we duplicate it and only lose like what nine games over the- over the last thirty five, are we? Do du- I mean six games o- over the last thirty five? If we duplicate what the Jazz, uh, the Jazz duplicate what they did, do they even ha- are they even in the playoffs at that mm-hmm. point? Do you want to know something that's kind of bleak? Oh well, I just saw something interesting. Wow, well. Normally, when you go to the standings on the NBA side or whatever, and you're just, I like to look at the streaks and see who's streaking. Normally, you'll have a team on there that's on like a nine game win streak. Everyone in the league has a four or less streak right now. No one's got above a four, except for the Brooklyn Nets have a six game winning streak going on right now, which is kind of bizarre. But everyone else, whether Toronto's on a two game losing streak, Milwaukee, two-game winning streak. Denver's on a four-game winning streak. Golden State only has a two-game winning streak. Normally, when you go to this page, they all are on a big-time winning streak. Oklahoma City, two-game winning streak. Portland, two-game winning streak. Teams aren't going on big 
11, 10 game winning streaks this year. It's just not happening because there's just so much parity in with this season that it's just not happening. And it's even worse in the Western Conference. There is only one team that really knows that it's not going to make the playoffs this year. Everyone else from the 14 spot Utah Jazz up to Denver believes they can get one of those eight spots. And so one of the things that helped the Jazz out last year at the end of the season was that they did, they got to play some teams that weren't trying very hard. Like, remember last year when we were playing the Memphis Grizzlies and Marcus All went like 10 for 12 in that game in the first three quarters and hit like five for five from, from three, and then they rested him because they didn't want to win the game? That's not happening this year. That's not going to happen. We aren't getting that Memphis Grizzlies win. And if we didn't yeah. get that Memphis Grizzlies win last year, there's a chance we didn't even make the playoffs last season. And so it's just much more difficult. And the only way to really fix what the Utah Jazz have going on right now is just to win. They have to win games. They are playing the Golden State Warriors tomorrow. They have to win. Like they didn't beat uh, the Orlando Magic in Mexico City. That was a brutal, brutal, brutal loss. And to make up for that, they've got to beat a team like Golden State. And then on Friday, they've got to beat the Portland Trailblazers. And then on Saturday, they've got to beat the Thunder, who beat them by 30 the other day. And then we've got to go beat, we've got to go mm -hmm. beat Portland again. And we don't match up well with Portland. We never play Portland well. Then we play the 76ers, who we've already lost to. Uh, they got to win like three of those. Who are 20 yeah. and 12. We got to win like three of those games if we want to turn this thing around because it doesn't really get easier. The Jazz have not had a win streak this season of more than what, like three games? Uh, last year we had two big win streaks. One was mm -hmm. like six and one was like 10. The Jazz have to do the same thing, but this season it's just... Um, all signs point to uh, not great, Bob. Well, and <laughs> it's no, it's 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 rough, and and you look at the schedule, and you look at the teams that are ahead, and and so, um, about a couple weeks ago, everyone's like, okay, it's fine because there's not a lot of separation between the Jazz and and the number one and, and the number one mm -hmm. team in the West, and at that point, it was like what four games? It was like four games, five mm -hmm. games, something tiny, and now we're getting to now we're seven and a half games. It's just. <laughs> Just two weeks harder. later and and in fact there's there's um the jazz are closer to being the worst team in the league than being the best team in the league uh, best team in the west now um before it was just like ah oh, man uh, like and the phoenix phoenix is on a three game winning streak um and 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 this is what this is what i i I, I've, to, I've talked to you about this like like one on one, but I haven't talked to anybody else really about this. But I do think the lottery odds. It's time to start asking: Did the revamped lottery odds kind of create oh, well, parity? I just because I just now pulled if up tankathon.com, can I tell you what I'm looking at right now? Uh, because they because they flatten the odds. At? If you go to tankathon.com right now, the Jazz are in the ninth. Worst record in the league. They have a twenty percent chance to get a top four pick. <laughs> That's why teams are trying because it doesn't matter. Like the fifth ranked New York Knicks have a forty two percent chance at that top four pick, whereas the Chicago Bulls have fifty two percent. What's the difference? 
you know. Yeah, top four. Yeah, top four for the top three. And being super bad now doesn't really help you. Like if you're the, like if you're if you're garbage, you're yeah. Like it doesn't really it doesn't really change mm-hmm. a lot. And um and so and so that's the the other thing too. When um if because people are like, oh man, you're saying the Utah Jazz should tank? No, because the Jazz Jazz aren't trying to tank right now, and they're not really doing too hot to begin with. But the other thing too is you can still keep your culture of like we're going to win, mm-hmm. we're going to try to win, and that's what we do here. And if you miss the playoffs, like right now, if Utah misses the playoffs, hey, they have a twenty percent chance of hitting top four. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. And say you get top, you know, you have the third pick in the draft, and you're like, okay, well, we don't really want that. We we don't want a prospect at this point. We want something more cut in stone. Utah can then go to one of these uh, one of these playoff teams that might be changing course and say, "Hey, we have this number three pick. What what can we can what get, can we get? Probably get what someone can we like do? Bradley Beal and something like that. And that's, I mean, maybe that's the best possible route. I don't know, but you know, January fifteenth is going to be really interesting because we're going to just find out." you know, what the future of the Jazz is. If they're way under 500 and Dennis Lindsay's like, you know what? Teams just aren't going on big time winning streaks. Even the Warriors and the Raptors don't go on big winning streaks. Who's to say we are, you know, maybe we don't make a trade. Maybe we just say, you know what? We're just going to go with what we have and then go into the off season, see if we win that lottery or trade that pick and, you know, try to go after a, a player in free agency that, you know, and try to surprise everyone. Uh, I, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've heard Andy Larson talk about uh, the Jazz that they believe they can get a nice player. I will believe it when I see it. You know, because we've in the past the Jazz have been able to get some decent players. They uh, got Carlos Boozer in free agency, and you know they've been able to get some players in the past. But you know. I have a hard time seeing a lot of these players. Like I have a hard time seeing Tobias Harris turn down uh, L.A. to come to Utah. You know, that's L.A. in five years. It, like uh, L.A. in five years at where he's at in his career, and he's having he, a oh, career year. Yeah. Like if I was oh. him, I would, I would be, I, I would not want to enter free agency until I'm, uh, I'm mm-hmm. forty. After the type of year he's he's having, so. I, I think there's, there's, uh, right now when you look at uh, look at like what's going to fix Utah, Utah, uh, we were at this point last year as well to be to put all cards out on the table and we said that Derek Favors Gobert um, front court isn't working, Rubio is having a career worst year, and. And it might be time to to just like shed all the pieces and just build around a Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. and Rudy Gobert. And it was at that point in in January that they had that overtime overtime win, and you're like, okay, well, you know, flukes happen. And then they went to Toronto and they had that win. And then I remember the Golden State game being like, okay. Well, Golden State is fully healthy now, and we 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 pulled a fluke victory on them before, so they're they're not they're not going to be surprised when 
when when Utah plays them. And they and Utah beat them by what thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so crazier things have happened, but w- why I don't think crazier things will happen this year is lightning already struck once. And and when you say like crazier things have happened, I don't think crazier things can happen than what happened last year. Like. I, I, I just find it really hard to be like, Lazarus already died and Jesus came and brought him back to life. I don't feel really comfortable going back to the, to, to, to the saint himself and being like, hey, can you get my brother up? It seems like he slipped and fell yeah. and killed himself. No, there's again. just... <laughs> like, like, I don't, I don't think like, I don't think we're going to see the mm-hmm. same miracle again. And, and, and that's why... We keep on saying Utah has to start winning now because do we think Utah will win a lot more games once the schedule eases up? Yes, we most certainly do. But what we're saying is we don't think they can win enough mm-hmm. because just because, because you can play the scenario of Utah after January a um, uh, hundred times. And we know that te- only 10 of those times, Utah makes the playoffs. The other 90, they have an off night. They lose to a team they shouldn't have. And all of a sudden, they're a game out of the playoffs. And they're where the Denver Nuggets mm-hmm. were last year. Coincidentally, we'd have Michael Porter instead of Grayson Allen. But that's for a, a time for a different uh, – and that's it, an argument for a different day. But, at this, but, the, but the point remains – I think if Utah doesn't pull themselves together and they sit and they're sitting here seven games, nine games under 500 by the time January 14th rolls around with the way this West is so stacked, because even if teams start falling back, like say Dallas comes back to earth and uh, Minnesota starts falling back to earth and um, who else, who else is up there? Denver starts falling Mm -hmm. back to earth. Denver is 12 games mm-hmm. over 500 right now. Even if they fall back, they're they're still going to be in that pack. Um if Oklahoma City starts falling back, there's 9 games over 500. And so you're looking at this like it's it, it, the hill that you have to climb is a lot harder and because there's all these teams that are just ahead of you who believe they're a lot better than they are. San Antonio was a playoff team last year. They're going to treat this entire season oh, like they're a playoff team. before he retires. Uh, Houston they're was a playoff team. They're not lose any games on purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah, Houston. They believe they're a playoff team, so they're going to play like it, and they are playing mm-hmm. like it r- right now. Um, New Orleans was a playoff team last year. They're going to play like it. Minnesota, Tibbs is not going to throw uh, throw it out, or he's gone. And so – there's so many teams in the West now that because Utah has to play these teams three and four times in their schedule, there's not many, many cupcakes. And what I worry about is a lot of people like have been sold a little snake oil. Yes, the schedule is difficult. Yes, Utah is playing almost a historically difficult schedule. But because they play in the West, it's not like that schedule becomes just as easy for the second half. It doesn't mm-hmm. inverse itself. It's not like they get to play the Phoenix Suns every night, like they're just chasing around the the generals all day, mm-hmm. and they're the Globetrotters. Like they still have to play well, the and West, you know what? and and yes, you get 
get a couple games against the East here and there, but but East, but it's not the same. And because there's all the tanking is not incentivized, Brooklyn doesn't feel like laying down. Washington is trying to save their skins. And who knows what the direction in New York is. And so your only real cupcake squads are Cleveland, Atlanta, Phoenix, and Chicago. And they all have young guys who are just trying to trying to get their pelt. And so it it worries me. Well, the thing is, is like I honestly like one thing I'm learning too this year and something I don't want to do and I you know, and kind of you know, I I'm I agree with you. Like the schedule's been rough and we get to hear that every single day and every single game from different uh people on Twitter and online and things like that. Last year we were complaining about injuries. Uh this year we're complaining about the schedule. I just want a team that like says, you know what, we lost. We should be better. Like we're we shouldn't have lost that game. We should have beat Orlando in Mexico City. That was a ridiculous loss. And you know, I want to like look, have our team look at itself and say, "Hey, we've got some serious flaws with spacing on our team. We need to make a change." You know, there's some, there's going to be some questions at the end of this year from the Jazz front office to the coaching staff and players a little bit. They're going to say, "You know what? You guys went to the second round of the playoffs last year, and we're not in the playoffs this this year. If things don't improve, which I honestly am." want to improve so bad i i honestly was like so bummed at work today just kind of thinking about how like it just sucks to lose this much especially when you thought you were going to be i think it sucks because but like their patients like people were picking us to be second and you and we're like okay well if 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 the season ended today we're 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 getting the ninth pick in the lottery this is cool and and we're only Mm -hmm. like a half game out from from being this picking seventh well, we're, we have the ninth worst record in the league. And, but all I'm saying is that I just, the end of the season, there's going to be some questions asked. Like, you know what? I, Dennis Lindsay's going to say, you know what? I gave you Jay Crowder. I gave you Tabo Cephalosha. You have George Nyang. And we still continued to play this one lineup that did not work. It was 10 and 15 up till when we started playing Jay Crowder more because please. Please, please, can we stop the starting lineup that doesn't work? Can we just let the team start with Jay Crowder or Tabo mm-hmm. or George or whoever just so we can have some space so they can have a little bit of spacing? Like, I want, you know, if the Jazz aren't going to make this the playoffs this year, I at least want Donovan Mitchell to get used to playing with space that he will get after this next offseason. Because you know what the Jazz are going to do if they don't make the playoffs? They are going to throw big-time money at Tobias Harris. And if he accepts it, we should all uh, have a holiday. If if they get Chris Middleton and decide they want to play him as a as power forward, great. If they miss on those guys, then they're going to trade for Kevin Love if they don't already do it on, on uh, January 15th. And I want Donovan Mitchell to know what it's like to play with space and start getting used to that and learning what to do because that's going to be what he's going to play with for the rest of his career. Not this like, you know, three guys in the paint because they don't guard Rubio. They don't guard favors and Dar- and Rudy Gobert is near the paint. So there's literally three guys in the paint at all times. And Donovan Mitchell's being asked to either hit threes because they're going under the pick because he's not hitting his pull up threes yet in his career. And he can't go to the rim because there's three guys there. So basically Donovan Mitchell's being asked to shoot spot up, pull up three point shoot, 
pull up three point shots when he gets a pick yeah. or to do that little eight foot floater shot because there's three guys in front of him. That's like what Donovan is able to do right now. And he's doing the best he can with it, but it's not fair to Donovan. And so at the very least, if we can get a stretch for in there so that at least he's only dealing with like two guys in the paint and Quinn can do some things to create some space there uh, because they're not guarding Rubio. But on those nights that Rubio has a good night, if we have that spacing, maybe we can surprise the Golden State Warriors. Maybe we can get one out of two against the next two games against Portland. But if we keep doing this Derek Favors starting lineup, it's not going to get better. And if they keep doing it, it's going to make me start wondering if they're trying to lose games at this point. Because it's just, it doesn't work. Anyone who watches the film can see it. It's just, whether it's analytics and the net ratings and on the plus minuses and the RPMs and and all those things, or if it's just the eye test by watching film and seeing like there's three guys in the paint at all times, and that's hard to score. And the other thing that's really hard with the Jazz right now too is because of that lineup and because of Ricky Rubio's inability to score efficiently and Derek Favors inability to score efficiently or from the three-point line, Joe Ingles is being asked too much. He's being asked Mm -hmm. to do more than he should be. He His biggest strength is shooting like 55% from the corner three. Uh, and then having his playmaking be kind of his secondary thing. Like when Joe Ingles was killing it for the Jazz before, it was because he'd hit three spot up three point shots. And if they came out to guard him, he could like blow, he could pump fake, go to the rim and either throw it to Rudy for a lob or make a layup at the rim. And he was just incredibly efficient doing that. But now it's like we have Joe Ingles being our point guard at times. And it's too much. Yeah. It's it's just Ugh. everyone's out of out of role now, right? And it's and 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 the the saddest thing is so, that nobody looks like they're having fun. Like it, no. it, it's, it's <laughs> like like these no one's having fun. We're not up, having fun. Yeah, like they're showing up to work and they're not like it's just like this is a, this is just a, I don't want to be here right now. And. Yeah, it's and, and and it's just uh, like it just it, it just it just sucks. It just sucks. It just sucks. It just sucks right now. And 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 but guys, it, it would be a great time. Not right now would be a great time for a streak. This would be one of those times where it's just like, oh my gosh, they blew out the Warriors, and oh my gosh, they, they you know they beat the Raptors, and oh my gosh, they beat you know just like. Uh, they beat the Trailblazers, and and then all of a sudden, like you're going into Christmas, with, and you're like, oh my, God, we could be on a three game winning streak, rather than, oh my, uh, we're we're we've gone zero and two Christmas. Please just don't get embarrassed on Christmas, please. Just don't give me a loss on Christmas. <laughs> it's like that Matrix meme. Not like this. Just not like <laughs> not like this. Like and oh. and so I, I so what are what what is your prediction? Because we're, we're um, what is your prediction on the next 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 five games? Because when we can end it on that, what do you think? Oh, they they go their next five games because they go Warriors, Blazers, Thunder, Blazers, Sixers. My, oh my gosh, that's just nightmarish. Oh well, because I've been so bleak and downtrodden in this podcast, I'm going to end it on a positive note. I think that Dennis Lindsay had a quintervention and told him that we need to start Jay Crowder more because that makes the whole team better. Uh, and I think that over, the, let's see, over the next five games, five I games. say we can go three and two. 
Ooh, wow. Over the next five games. That would be amazing. I, I would, we should if, be, if they go three and two over their next five, I will be like, okay, seasons, seasons, we're, we're, we're in good shape. Well, if you remember at the end of uh, the game against the 76ers, it was a really close game. We should have won that game against the 76ers and didn't. This is a home game. They can beat the Sixers. And, then, and against the Rockets, I think they can, I think played better. Like against the Rockets, like. And they did. They looked better. Yeah. Uh, coming back from or, or from Mexico, um, it, it's not really a back-to-back, but because of the international travel and the odd circumstances, it kind of kind of is. But I I was impressed by that. I was just like, okay. And I said said this too. Like you shouldn't have moral victories, but I think a lot uh, there there would be a lot less like, oh my gosh, is are the Utah Jazz good? If you if you lost by like three or four. Rather, if you covered the spread rather than getting blown out by 25, because mm-hmm. this season so far, when Utah lets go of the rope, they let go of the rope. Like it, it's just gone. Oh, it's it goes off the rails, but we can split against the Blazers, I think. And then okay. I think we'll win either one against the Thunder or the Warriors. Uh, I think they can do that. I think that's. I mean that's a tall task, but I think that's not unreasonable to go three and two. I think that's their best case scenario. Yeah, I think three uh, and two is their best case because I I I think I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think they lose their next two, mm-hmm. so I, th- I I think they lose against the Warriors and the Blazers. Um, Warriors is just a tall order, and I think the way the Jazz just like dominated them last year, I think the Warriors are not really. Um, they, they, they have, they're out to prove something versus like last year, they're like, and eh, we lose to the jazz, whatever. We don't care. We're just, we're going to the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. I do think they lose to the trailblazers on the road. It's just a really difficult game, but I do think they beat the thunder at home. I think they, um, beat the blazers at home and then, uh, against the 76ers. I think they, I think they win that game. Uh, so I, wow. Three and two as well. Uh, no. I say two and three. I'm going to say two and three. <laughs> because I, I, the minute you Debbie say down. that, I'm like, no, the minute you say that, like every part of my, my, my jazz fandom, like I'm a lifelong fan. So it, it, it's, it's like being in an abusive relationship where you're just like, no, then mama will love me. And you're like, no, mama doesn't love me. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. <laughs> and so... And so, like like the beaten beaten dog that I am, I, I will say they're two, they'll go two and three. It would not surprise me though if they go one and four, with the only win being on Christmas. It would not surprise me in the slightest. I because that's right. It's, we got it's just, Christmas. It, it's just a really difficult. It's just a really difficult stretch. Uh you know what? I'm getting like irrational confidence right now. I'm 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 just three and two. I think we do it. I, I think will, this is I the stretch the that turn around your season on though. If you look at this and because there's no more there's no more like where do we find the blame? Because guess what? If you lose five straight and you lose and that would put them at um that would put them being let's see, one, two, three, four, nine. That would basically put you two and eight over your last ten. Yeah. No one's really going to care if, or like, by by the seventh straight loss, if somebody says, well, well the schedule's really difficult, um, no one's going to care. 
Well, the thing is, is, like, in the end, like, what do we get? Like a certificate because the schedule's tough. Like, we gotta win. No more complaining. Win at this point. It's like going to your calc teacher at the end. Is like after the final, be like, well, he didn't pass because the final was hard. It's like, well, yeah. Like, it's welcome to calculus. Like at this point, it's just like. Well, they didn't win because the schedule is hard. Yeah, that's what you're playing the elite players in the league. You're in the yeah. National Basketball Association. At some like, point, like you have to play the you play who's across from you. Like mm-hmm. that's just what it is. And so, if you and and I think if nothing else, after this stretch, after this five game stretch, we'll, we will we will know if this team is ready to dig deep and be like. It's just us. Or if this team mm-hmm. is eagerly awaiting the new year, like uh, like an employee who is just counting the minutes before he can go home. And mm-hmm. and, and if if that's the latter, if they if they struggle going into January, then we're going to be like, okay. And that would be enough for Dennis Lindsay to know because uh, he'll be able to look at this stretch and be like, hey, I know you can't beat the top teams at home. I know you can't beat them on the road. And at this point, I need to make some moves. I need to start making changes that are going to affect this team into next season. I need to make changes that um, are because you also you also don't want to build a culture of that. You don't want this culture because the Jazz had this amazing culture of like we're gonna we can overcome anything. And the minute mm-hmm. that culture start, and that's what worries me about this pointing to the schedule thing, is the Jazz had a culture of like it doesn't matter. We are gonna even if we didn't, we lost Gordon Hayward. It doesn't matter. His schedules against us doesn't matter. Injuries doesn't matter. And that culture was amazing, and that was fueled their what they were becoming last year. And now mm-hmm. I worry about them losing their sense of identity of who they are this year, because now the now they're just like clawing to excuses. Oh, schedule's hard. Oh, we had a back-to-back. Oh, man, have you tried playing at altitude? Oh, man, it just – it just sometimes it just doesn't go in. Um, we're getting great shots. We're just not making them. Like, it, there's all these, like, things where we're clawing at, at, at excuses instead of just being like, we suck tonight. And it doesn't matter if we get good shots because we can't hit them. And it's, at the end of the day, it's us. Well, you got to look in the mirror. You gotta yeah. like. And, you gotta and, say, and that's you know what, what I want. What here. can I do to be better? And the Jazz just—they gotta do it. They—if there's no one out there, like, you know what? Say what you will about Tyrone Corbin, but like the one thing that he said was definitely true: was no one's gonna feel sorry for you. Uh, Golden State's not coming in and being like, "Here, let's uh, let's help out the Jazz." No, you gotta win, and uh, it's gotta start right away because. The closer they get to the end of the year, the tighter that race is going to be, and they don't want to be on the outside looking in. They really have to do what they did last year, and yeah. it's and- going to be even harder this year. So they gotta, uh, they gotta do it. They can't get nine games below five hundred. They can't yeah, do and, that, or seven, or eight, like or, or six. Like I, I look at this, and and every single one of these Western Conference teams, <clears throat> excuse me, they're gonna. They'll want to bury Utah because that's what because don't you think the Warriors, the Blazers, and the Thunder know that the schedule is going to get harder for them in, in the second mm-hmm. half of the season? They all they've all been the beneficiary of some good of some good scheduling, so of course they're gonna they're gonna take a 
guaranteed they're going to throw their best at Utah when they're down because this is a chance oh, to o- knock them. Oklahoma City Thunder is going to come to kill us because they don't want to face us in the playoffs again because they know what happened last time. They don't well, want you, to be the team that turns it around for the Jazz. And you can put them out. You can put them out in the misery. Be like, hey, Utah's not going to be in the playoff picture. All these teams know that the West is hyper competitive, and they got a spot at the top. Like, there's mm-hmm. the, so I just uh, the more more I talk about, the more I talk myself into like Utah. I, I feel like Utah will be close to a 500 or barely above 500 win team but i just don't i don't see us getting into that uh getting in this year unless they unless they get out of this this like they got to be january 14th at 500 if they're not you like put put a fork in them they're dead they're gone they're well done yeah there's no there's it that's just too insurmountable there's just not any teams going to tank because you know if they tank and they get to like the sixth spot and it's like on here it says that top four it's like if you're in the sixth spot and you're Cleveland right now uh you have let's see forty eight percent if you're the jet if you're like at the nine spot it's thirty two percent it's really not that big a difference and so those teams are just going to be playing hard. The Jazz just have to be better. There's just no other answer. They just have to win games. There's no more excuses. There's no more mm-hmm. like we can't, you know. But you know what, Michael? I think they can do it. I think I think they can. I hope they can. We'll <laughs> see if they can, but guys, we'll, I we'll see. I we'll see. Let's just Keep coming to slcdunk.com and reading all our stuff because we're going to cover it no matter what happens. And you know what? If January 15th we'll comes and there are 10 games below 500, we'll be, we'll be writing parodies of Come to Zion, Come to Zion is what we'll be doing. <laughs> stuff like that. I we'll don't have wa- fun I don't, no matter I, what I don't want Utah to be in the lottery, but at the same time, can you imagine a Come to Zion Come to Zion like pioneer style t shirt. I mean, it just like the possibilities. Was... <laughs> and, and like, this is where I'm sitting. It, it, I, I don't want Utah to be bad, but at the same time, why would, why wouldn't Utah be bad when they have the chance to have a man named Zion play in Zion? Like, mm. it just, what, what if, what if, what if this is not, what if this is not, uh, Utah failing. What if this is God doing what He needs to do? What if He's like <laughs> Utah has suffered enough? I am bringing my man Donovan, his Carl Malone. Mm-hmm. I am bringing hey. the myth, the man, the legend. Like what? What if? What if this is divine intervention? We we it haven't even be. talked about this. We it I, could. I, I, the. You know saying. what? The children of Israel had to go 40 years in the desert before they reached the promised land. So maybe that's what this season is, is we go 40 wins and 44 losses. And that's our exactly. 40 years in the desert. And we uh, end up it's with It's not Zion. that we're bad. He's just making us do donuts. <laughs> just around Jerusalem. He's just like, no, I just they, they can't figure it out yet. They figure it out. They're going to miss it. This is their, this is their title chance. 
I uh, I but just got all, made. But all, the... all actuality, it's not a bad. Uh, it's, I mean, it's never a bad. It's like there's always good talent, unless you're like in the draft with Anthony Bennett. But even then, that's where Rudy Gobert came from. There's always good good talent in the draft, and especially with Dennis Lindsay, you're in good hands if you're you're doing that. Unless you're picking Grayson Allen. But the the the. Uh, hey, I think Grayson Allen's hey. pretty good. Not that. <laughs> Did you see that block? I don't know. Uh, well, guys. You know what? Let's hope that we're not talking about the lottery on January 15th. But if if you could go to, uh, let's see, sportsbettingdime.com and look up the Utah Jazz, that'd be awesome and support our sponsor. It was really great. Uh, if you could go to the podcast and, and subscribe. You know what? We didn't get any new reviews this week, or at least anyone who wrote a review. Write a one-star review. Write a five-star review. Write a three-star review. But leave us a comment, and we'll read it on the show. So go do that. We would appreciate it. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Milo? Come to Zion. Come to Zion. I'm just... <laughs> I will talk to you later. Okay. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>